Okay, well, thank you everyone for this opportunity to join with you. Uh, I understand you're familiar with SASRA, the work of SASRA, uh, and that's great. Uh, my own story goes back to the 70s, uh, when I joined the army as a 17-year-old, uh, became a Christian and then became uh, a member of SASRA. And so for my 22 years in the military and as a Christian, SASRA were there for me. It helped along the way. I met and married a scripture reader's daughter, of course. Um, and then after when I left, I became a supporter. And then about 10 years ago, I uh, helped out and then took on the role of full-time area rep for the North of England, which comes down as far as Birmingham. Um, so your patch. Uh, and I've worked uh, very closely with um, Mark, Mark Powell, whom you know. Uh, and I've, I've now retired. So I'm doing this as a, as a volunteer. Uh, but I'm delighted to do so. Um, so that's me, that's uh, uh, Sazra. Uh, and so without further ado, if you have a Bible and you want to turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Mark, that would be great. Um, we're going to look at chapter 3. Uh, Mark, um, from verse 13. So Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, and verse 13. And before we do that, I'll just pray. Father, thank you again for this opportunity that even though we are separated by distance, we are united uh, in you. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we are gathered in your name and we are gathered in your presence. And Father, we thank you that uh, you have promised to be with us when we indeed gather. Uh, in your name. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to again to look at your word. We ask, Lord, that you would bless us through the reading of your word, and Lord, you'll be pleased to speak to us also. Encourage us, we pray, and use us in your service, for we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, Mark 3, verse 13, and we read these words. And he went up on the mountain and called to him, those he himself wanted and they came to him then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons simon to whom he gave the name peter james the son of zebedee and john the brother of james to whom he gave the name boagenes that is sons of thunder andrew Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And they went into a house, and then the multitude came together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the rule of demons he casts out demons. And so he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but as an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man. 
and then he will plunder his house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemy, blasphemies they may utter, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they said he has an unclean spirit. May the Lord indeed bless that reading of his own precious word. I want to just uh, consider this passage in the, in the light uh, of two accounts and, and to compare and contrast the two of them this morning. And so I, I'll just go through. Just note uh, again that Mark writes uh, with a, a degree of brevity. Um, the, the dialogue, the, the uh, situation is all pared down. And it's as if the, you just there's a sharp focus on the key points as he goes through. We get lots of other details from the other accounts, but Mark, as I say, I'm just going to go through this for this particular reason. And the first thing uh, I notice in verse 13 is that he went up onto the mountain. Went up onto the mountain. And this, is, of course, is a regular place where he would go to pray uh, and to be alone with his father. And in the Old Testament, of course, the mountain was where God often uh, gave revelation of himself um, and, and chose to be that place of, of meeting. And so Jesus went up onto the mountain and notice what happened. Firstly, we read that Jesus called. Jesus called. He called to himself those he wanted. The word uh, called here, it it's, means to be summoned. Someone who has authority summons someone else to come before them and to hear what they have to say. And Jesus here calls, he summons. This is his choice. It says that those he himself wanted. And he has the authority to do so. In, in chapter 1, verse 22, uh, we read that the folk were astonished that he spoke with authority. In Matthew 28, verse 18, is that well-known verse where Jesus says, All authority has been given unto me in all the world. And then in John 17, too, talks about uh, he had been, Jesus has been given authority by the Father over all flesh. So Jesus summoned because he has the authority and he summoned those who he wanted. But his father's will was considered or consulted in this matter. Again, we read in, in John 17, where he said, who you have given to me. And so we, this calling that, uh, that Jesus uh, made, this summons, was not uh, merely to those who perhaps were capable, not merely perhaps to those who were, had uh, a suitable appearance, nor even on keenness. You know, they're, they're desperate to go, no, this was... Jesus calling those who he wanted and having been in consultation with his father we can see that uh, they came uh, because of uh, this summons and this being given and we read next we read that and they came just so simple isn't it Jesus called and they came there is a word that is used um, it talks about being irresistible the irresistible call of God. But we'll, we'll leave that to, to one side as a, as a piece of Christian jargon, a, a doctrine. Um, 
Jesus called, they came. They came, those 12 who he called, they came to him. There were many who followed Jesus, even at this early stage in his ministry, but he called 12. And so we, we understand this. God gave these to Jesus. Jesus called them, but they came willingly, freely. And that's uh, the glory of the scriptures, but it's also the difficulty of the scriptures, because in our minds, how can we hold these two things together? I, I forget who it was. It's, it was probably Spurgeon. It sounds like Spurgeon, where he, he talks about the saints. Uh, they, they come to a door to enter into uh, to be with Christ, and it says above the door, whosoever will may come. And they go through that door to be in the presence of God. And on the other side of the door, it says, chosen from before time. And, and those are the two aspects that we rejoice in, don't we? That it's our choice, and yet God has called us uh, and given us. Um, Jesus called. They came. And then thirdly, he commissioned them. He commissioned them, um, these 12. And uh, whether they're called disciples or apostles, um, disciples are those under training. Uh, apostles are those who are authorized representatives. Notice what he says here, again, just so beautifully simple. That they might be with him. Isn't that wonderful? You know, we, we, were, we often wonder, what is the point? Why am I a Christian? What, is, what, am, what am I doing? And, well, here's the first point, the most important point, the glorious point. We have been called and we have come because he wants us to be with him. Isn't that that glorious verse, to be forever with the Lord? And isn't that why we, we sing all those hymns about we're just pilgrims passing through this veil, uh, whether it's COVID struck or, or whether we find ourselves in, 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 in pleasant places. We're just passing through because our place is to be forever with the Lord. And so we are called to be with him. That's our commission. It's an honoured position. And in that position, of course, uh, we, can, uh, we, we, we watch the Lord. We listen to the Lord. We receive from the Lord, indeed, as disciples. And yet, isn't it wonderful, again, that John writes in, in John 15, verse 15, he says, I no longer call you servants. I've called you as friends. That, that it's beyond understanding, is it, how some, someone so glorious as, as the Lord Jesus Christ in all his glory and all this divinity should choose. Well, I've known nothing about you, so I can only say, choose me, you know, and call me. Why? That I might be with him, forever with him. It's just absolutely mind blowing. And I know it's not because of anything of me, it's just because of it was his choice. It was he himself wanted to do this. And that's that's glorious, isn't it? And that's why we rejoice. In the Lord and that's why we sing his praise uh, because we are called to be forever with the Lord and, and there's that wonderful passage in Hebrews Hebrews 12 
uh, verses 18 onwards, 24, where we talked about we are called to Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai, that place of smoke and, and, and thunders and all the rest of it, but to Mount Sinai. Uh, and he goes on to the general assembly of the firstborn, to be forever with the Lord. And we must never forget that. Why are we saved? To be forever with the Lord. He called us to be with him. But secondly, and there is a secondly, it goes on to say that we are called to be sent out. We are called to be sent out. Sometimes we major on this part, don't we? We major on this part that we must be disciples, we must be effective, we must do, we must, we must. It's part of our calling. Don't let us ever forget that first part though. We're called to serve the Lord. We're called to be sent out. We're called to, to proclaim the gospel. We're called to proclaim. What is the gospel? The gospel is simply that God has given his son to be the savior of the world. That's what we proclaim. We proclaim that Calvary is the center of history because Christ was born to die on Calvary. We proclaim that he went there willingly as an act of love that he might pay, our, pay the, the price of our sin, that he might reconcile us to God, that he might make the way of adoption. All those other wonderful truths that we can, we can rattle off. We proclaim Christ and Calvary as, as what God's plan and purpose is. And we proclaim, but then we also demonstrate. Why has God saved us? Why has the Lord given us the Holy Spirit to reside in us? Yes, to lead us in all truth, and that we might be filled with all the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to demonstrate the power of a transformed life. When everyone else around us is, is, is panicking or, or, or whatever, because of circumstances, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can trust. It is well with my soul, the hymn writer has, has written, and we sing, and many other things like this. How are we able to do that? Because the Holy Spirit dwells within, and we have been sent to demonstrate, to proclaim the gospel, but also to demonstrate the, this power of a transformed life of the indwelling Holy Spirit, but also the sense of deliver, to deliver others. Talks here about casting out demons and bringing healing now we may not be called upon to do any of that probably not and there are there are doctrines about all that which we won't go into but the point is we have an effect on those around whether it's the food banks whether it is cap whether it is other agencies we are part of the delivery that god brings so we're called to jesus on the mountain, that we might be forever with him, but also call that we might be sent to serve him uh, in this place uh, that he has placed us. And I'm minded of Moses. I've been looking at Moses recently, and he was called to serve, uh, and his ministry was that he might uh, make known uh, that the Lord, make known the Lord, uh, and that all would know that he is the Lord. Well, secondly, I want to, uh, again, compare and contrast that with what we read in this second 
part. Now I deliberately paused and started again at the last part of verse 19 because it is uh, a new section here. Sometimes our Bibles split them up in strange places and this is one of them. It be, this and they went into a house starts the next section and I was struck by that and they went into a house because he went up into a mountain there's the first contrast going up into a mountain and here going into a house and they Jesus and the twelve they went into this house and then notice what happened the uninvited the uncalled if you will the characters uh, that we read about now, they flock to Jesus. They flock to Jesus without a call. The multitude came in verse 20. The multitude, they came together so, uh, so that they could not so much as eat bread. There was that many of them and there was that, they were that insistent and that pressing. Perhaps they were curious about what was going on, what the Lord Jesus had done with his healings. Perhaps they were hungry uh, and they were looking forward to the uh, fish and bread being turned into lunch for everybody. Or perhaps they'd come in a spirit of expectancy because Jesus was evidently, was showing all the signs of Messiahship. John had, had spoken very eloquently and very powerfully that the Messiah was on his way. And the Lord's people had waited for 400 years to hear from God. And God was now speaking powerfully and mightily. Uh, and, and the place was in an uproar. Could this be Messiah? No wonder they were uh, chasing after him. And then in verse 21, we read about his own people coming. And here we find folks who are concerned about him. He's out of his mind. He, he's, he's looking after all those people. He's not looking after himself. Where's he going to get a meal from? Uh, and all the other stuff. Where's he going to get any rest? The Lord Jesus Christ answers him in other places. Talk about the things I, uh, my, my food is to do the will of my father. Uh, and so on. And so their concern, it was perhaps misguided. And perhaps, uh, and I often wonder whether this, there's a sense of maybe um, honour at stake here. The family honour. Because the more we, we um, uh, learn about the Middle East in today, this idea of honour is very, very strong. And sometimes honour trumps the law, if you will, or, you know, other things. It's very, very strong. And so perhaps there's an element of honour here. Jesus, you are disgracing your people with what you're getting up to, with who you're associating with, and, you know, all the rest of it, you know, upsetting the Pharisees and the... All the rest of it. I say I, I don't know. Just uh, but they were concerned, uh, and they wanted uh, to come and, and sort him out. And thirdly, verse twenty-three, the scribes came. The scribes came. Now they came down from Jerusalem, and that's both a, uh, a geographical uh, literacy, but also perhaps it's it's also uh, a one of superiority. They were in Jerusalem. They were in the inner circle. They were the people who knew. So they were coming down now to the rustics in Galilee. And they'll, they'll sort them out, these, these poor simpletons who are deceived by this, 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 this charlatan in their eyes. They were indignant 
and all, or the, the fact that people were flocking and, and claiming that perhaps he was the Messiah. How could he be the Messiah when he doesn't keep the Sabbath? How could he be the Messiah when he doesn't do this, when he does do that, and all the rest of it? They, because the Lord Jesus Christ did not conform to their man-made uh, and their denominational uh, expectations, they couldn't see it. And so they were subversive. And they came uh, amongst uh, the people. Notice they came amongst the people. They didn't come to Jesus. They came amongst the people and said, nah, he's, he's doing this through Satan. He's doing this through Satan. Whatever the motive was, these groups of people, why they came, notice the Lord Jesus Christ here. How gracious, how, uh, how fearless, perhaps, of the cost he was, but how friendly he was to all of them. And he met their needs, and yet he was frank with them too. You know, the multitudes were fed, uh, folk were healed, and the folk were taught. His own people, uh, we didn't read the verses 31, 35, but, but he, he set the scene and said, look, these are my, these are my uh, brothers and my sisters and my mothers uh, and my brothers, the Lord's people. And then he called the scribes to him. It's the same word. He summoned them. As I say, they were out and about bad-mouthing Jesus behind his back, uh, rejecting his witness and subverting what uh, he had said. They couldn't deny the facts. Too many people had seen what Jesus had done. Too many wonderful things had been done. Whether it was water into wine, whether it was uh, healings uh, or whatever, they, they, they couldn't be denied. There was too many before too many people in too many different places for it to be anything other than genuine. So they couldn't deny what he'd done. So they sought to deny the source of his power. He can't be from God. Therefore, it can only be from Satan. Such was their animosity, their hatred, and the implacable nature of their opposition. They came down amongst the rustics to dampen uh, and remove this messianic expectation. But as I say, Jesus called, summoned them, summoned them before him, and he spoke to them and he spoke to them in a parable he spoke to them in a parable now uh, the parable here um it, it's it's as a brief illustrative um comparison if you will a, 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 a parable is an analogy it's part of a, a range of metaphors that are used and the lord spoke in parables often so that the rustics so that the simple among us could get a handle on things and oh, understand it wasn't deep um, jargon or, or technical terms. No, this was storytelling, getting the point across. And so he called them, he spoke to them in a parable. And, and on the one hand, you think, well, how could they take offense at this harmless story that he's going to tell them? But through it, Jesus refutes what they say. He explains the reality of the situation. And then he ends with a warning. He ends with a warning. 
and this is out to say for the scribes who are going to receive it but also all those folk around who were there they would hear these things too so he challenges them about what they've said a kingdom standing against itself a house divided against itself they're not going to stand now it doesn't give any explanations there but of course israel could look back and say yeah look what happened to the house of israel the kingdom of israel when israel and judah had that civil war and so it was never the same again what about david and absalom when the house was against itself it was it, it was awful it, it struggled and all the rest of it and even if we thought of the houses in the sense of a dynasty remember when when david said i want to build the lord a house and the lord uh, the prophet spoke on the lord's behalf to david the lord wants to build your house he was talking about a dynasty a dynasty and there's that idea uh, perhaps there that about israel and christ and the church of course if they're divided how are they going to stand we're all one in christ christ has broken down that middle wall isn't he a petition standing together divided they fall and he says if satan's attacking satan well there's only going to be one outcome it's going to have an ending satan is going to be destroyed now again on on the one hand all that the, the the evil one does is destructive he is a liar he is a deceiver he gives he never brings life he always brings death and destruction uh, and we have seen it throughout history they, they talk about revolutions consuming their children uh, so when these waves of evil uh, break out um, in short order it devours itself so there is an element of the fact that yes uh, satan is uh, consuming satan but that's not what he's saying he said no as an illustration as an example if you take on yourself you're going to destroy yourself and then he gives the explanation in in this uh, last verse verse 27 he says no one enters a, a strong man's house and plunders his good goods unless he first binds a strong man and then he'll plunder the house and again uh, there's a perfectly uh, well-known story about this in the scriptures that they would have understood samson he was the strong man and and time and time again the philistines tried to get him to be bound up and each time he just snapped it all because there was nothing strong enough to bind him and so they just couldn't do anything until at the end where delilah deceived him and eventually got out of him uh, about the business about the hair and then when he was bound and he couldn't do anything then they came in then they came in and were abused him and plundered uh, and all the rest of them so it, it's a very simple uh, story here just undermining unpicking this uh, example that they had given how it was not to be believed and he ends by exhorting them about, with this passage about the holy spirit 
you know, don't sin against the Holy Spirit. Don't describe the work of the Holy Spirit to someone else, to something else. He gives a warning. It's a very serious thing. It's a very serious thing. And so it begs the question, what do we think of Christ? What is our understanding, our reception of this same Lord Jesus Christ? Has he called? Have we responded? Have we come into his presence and now delight uh, to be with him, now knowing that we are going to be with him forever? Is that our portion? Is that our delight? Or are we bigger than that? Are we we're far superior for, for such simple stuff? We know these things. And we can explain exactly what Jesus was up to. And it wasn't because he was God. It wasn't because of any other things. Well, this, this passage has me to, to warn you. If you uh, speak against the work of the Holy Spirit in the Lord Jesus Christ at this time, then take care. Take care. The things of the Lord Jesus Christ are there to, to demonstrate and to prove that he is the Son of Man, the Son of God, and he is given to be the saviour of the world and that's the role of every one of us as, as an individual this is our role as a company of believers as a gathering as a church and it's certainly the role of Sazra working on behalf of the church behalf of the Lord's people to bring the gospel to our soldiers and our airmen to make uh, these things known to those who previously have not heard these things and I want to share with you uh, now some images and, and let you listen to some clips um, that you might be encouraged what God is doing at this time now for the technical stuff I need to share screen so if you've given me permission you have done I'll go to screen two make sure computer's on so you should see a, a big shield on the on your screen now yeah, good. Okay, no, we're ready to go. Cooking on gas, as they say. So, these are images that you will probably be more familiar with. The work of SASA, where it's the RAF medics, where it's infantry uh, on deployment, uh, operationally or, or on exercise. Uh, either way, putting themselves in harm's way on our behalf. But recently, of course, with all that we've been going through with uh, this contagion, COVID. These are the images that have been recently um, hitting the, the, the media where we've had our uh, military, our soldiers and airmen in logistical support, setting up supply chains um, and uh, with a rapid response, taking part in deliveries and collections to the NHS where they gave particular uh, support in the work whether it was in the construction of what they call these Nightingales um, hospitals throughout the land, and, and you will have seen them, whether it's the Excel in London, the NEC in Birmingham, or the GMEX in Manchester, and other places as well, um, doing all those things. And also, of course, I see mobile testing, mobile testing, responding wherever uh, there is a need, set, going out, setting up and carrying out these tests. Um, so that they can get the data. 
I don't have any images for the other areas that they've been working, of course, but they've been, they were on standby to support the ambulance service, um, not just with vehicles, but with um, personnel in, in the main. They were trained to do delivery of oxygen, um, and that's learning how to load the vehicle with the oxygen and then how to hook it up and discharge it into the hospitals themselves where they wanted it. Air transport, whether that is um, fixed wing or helicopter, moving stuff around, even if it's sometimes uh, like the, the, the business going to Turkey and coming back with stuff that wasn't any good. Um, they were available, they were able to respond to the do it um, and to do all those things. But perhaps one thing that might have missed you, it did uh, make the papers, how that they've also had to respond to the increased cyber threat to the nation um, and set up a new agency within the Royal Signals to combat cyber terrorism. Um, not just fake news, but also undermining of um, agencies. Again, perhaps you will have um, remember that, that Australia, their premier announcing that they were taking steps because an active player is how they put it, referring to a, a powerful country, had been um, found to be trying to subvert and influence whole swathes of their uh, infrastructure, be it in hospitals or in defense or even in industry, all swathes of things going on. And those things are still going on even today. So our military um, capability has had to respond to that. So as well as doing the, the, the menial task, if I can call it that, you've had to respond to these other things because they're there to keep us safe. They're there to keep us safe. And you know, perhaps what hasn't come out so much is that some units, at the height of it, they had to be uh, confined to barracks so that there was no risk of contamination, so that they could respond when needed. We owe our forces such a debt of gratitude. And the Soldiers and Airmen Scripture Readers Association, as you know, has been seeking to be that to the military for the past nigh on 200 years. Here's a photograph of a typical group of young infanteers as they're passing through training. This is one of the smoking shelters that they, they use, and Mark has probably shown you this image. Um, but the, the scripture readers, they enjoy going around and, and engaging with these young men as they're stuck in their smoking shelter. Uh, very simple reason, uh, cigarettes, they cost a fortune. I don't know how much what in each individual one is, but they go in there and they, they get their money's worth out of it. So a scripture goes along and he knows he's got them until they finish their fag and so he can give them a two-minute gospel. But look at them. They're boys, aren't they? They're boys. You know, 17 to 25 predominantly is the age. Well, look at them. The kids, now I was that young once, because I joined when I was 17, you know? But here's the thing, uh, uh, and the seriousness about it. This is the age of those guys that stormed the beaches in 44. When we see the films with John Wayne and all the British actors, that wasn't their age. 
They were 17, they were 18, they were 19, or maybe not 17, but they were certainly 18 uh, and above that went into those beaches. Young boys, and they're still the ones who predominantly join. And they're the ones that we uh, have our ministry amongst. And the question remains, how are they going to hear the gospel? Because these guys haven't been to church in the main. In fact, the majority haven't come from what we would uh, call uh, dysfunctional backgrounds, difficult backgrounds. They've not enjoyed ac academia in any sense. They wanted away from school. They wanted to do something else. And so they're ignorant of the things of God. They're ignorant uh, of the Bible stories that we grew up on, perhaps. They know nothing, and they certainly haven't heard that God has given his son to be their savior. They're ignorant. And they have just got their youth and their energy uh, and their, their own drive before them. And so Sazra, uh, because of the charter, the, uh, the memorandum of understanding, as it's now called, because of the agreement with the chaplaincy and, and commanders on the ground, are able to send uh, scripture readers out. Even during this COVID, and I want to share with you some uh, clips now from, from our readers at this time. And the first one is Steve Curley. Um, I think that's your area. Um, he's in Colchester. Uh, and this is Steve. This is the latest um, clip that's come out. Hello, I'm Army Script Reader Steve Curley, and I bring you this month's report from the Colchester Garrison. It's been a while since uh, I last brought a report. Um, a lot has happened in that time. Um, first things first, I just want to apologize for the shaky hand and the camera angle, but I just wanted to do something a little bit different today and give you more of an insight to where I am and uh, so you can actually see uh, where I operate. Um, as I said, the camp is returning back to some form of normality, which means I'm now allowed in the office, which has been great. Um, and as you can see here, um, the chapel facility here on the camp is now open and ready for the soldiers to use. Um, being open again has made such a difference, uh, particularly um, with soldiers being able to come in. Now, we have things in place, risk assessments and social distancing is still a thing. Um, but with those restrictions in place, you know, we've been able to sit down with soldiers, have face-to-faces with people and share the gospel in person. And it makes a difference, it really does. You know, I'm very thankful to God for, for things like Zoom and MS Teams and all those things that have enabled us to keep in contact and continue to keep in contact but you cannot beat being able to sit down with someone face to face, open the scripture up together, pray together and share the gospel. Uh, only just now I've had a soldier just leave the office um, who came in for various things um, and I had the privilege of being able to open up the scripture, sit down with him and, uh, and pray with him. So God is really opening up the doors. Uh, I've had a lot of people come into the chapel uh, over the last week, which has been amazing. And I'm just very grateful uh, to be back in behind the wire doing what God's called us to do. Um, I just want to thank you for your continued prayers. Um, and I, I just 
really ask that you would continue to stand with us, continue to pray with us, because it's only in God's goodness and your prayers that these opportunities come. So again, apologies for the shaky hand, and uh, God bless you all wherever you all are, and I look forward to seeing you all soon. So Steve Curley, I, I forgot to say, um, I don't know how many of you uh, receive these clips, but we send out uh, an email now at the, uh, every month, um, it's not quite at the end of the month, it's in the first week of the next month. Uh, we haven't quite got it there yet, but uh, in response to these, these times, and each email comes out and it has uh, three or four embedded clips. And this is one of them. This is the one of the July email that's just come out. It came out on Friday. So if any of you have any email and you'd like to receive these for yourself so you can listen to yourself or you can share them, uh, with with friends, um, then then best thing to do is get in contact with admin. So that's admin at sasra.org.uk and ask for your name to be put on the list. Uh, you will need an email um, for that because that's how it is being sent. So admin at sasra.org.uk. So there's Steve, uh, rejoicing the fact that after uh, however many months have been able to work remotely, speaking to guys over Zoom and, and uh, other WhatsApp groups. Now he's able to be based once again in the barracks and the guys are seeking him out. Um, the, throughout all this, there has been an increase in, in questions from soldiers, uh, as you would understand. And so being there for them has been great. On a personal matter, um, Steve's uh, and, and Hannah's wife, they have four kids, and the youngest, Hope, um, she had uh, um, a trampoline accident, the, the most common accidents over COVID, um, and she broke her femur. So she was taken in, she was in there for nearly two weeks. She's now just been let, let out, but she, has a, she had a bod, body cast um, um, at the bottom and the one leg is fully potted and the other is slightly potted um, this is not very technical I know but it's to stop her moving as she's such a young one and uh, so they've had to move the bed downstairs for her and, and get a commode and all that sort of stuff uh, so that's impacted on them uh, as a family as you can understand so please remember Steve and his ministry and we hope and uh, this that she's going through because she didn't land right um, after having been on the trampoline. So that was Steve, and now we've got Tian de Clerc, who's in Lynham. Um, here he goes. Good morning. This is uh, Tian de Clerc here from MOD Lynham. I uh, just want to give you a little bit of feedback uh, of what's going on here. Uh, we've got most of the soldiers back in the unit. Uh, they've restarted training. Everything is happening with, 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 in the context of, of observing social distancing. Um, you know, with that in mind, we have been given the, the opportunity to meet with up to six individual in the refectory. So that's great for our, our Bible studies midweek that we do. Uh, we, we can bring up to six people 
people into the chaplaincy center and the rest meets together over zoom we've got wonderful facilities uh, here in the chaplaincy center you know to, for which i thank the lord um last thursday for example we had six six uh, people uh, four of them were soldiers in 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 the refectory uh, studying acts chapter 20. we had about uh, four people joining online um you know so that's not the same numbers that we used to have we used to have up to almost 20 people gathering in for our first day lunchtime bible studies but it is it's heading in the right direction so thank you for your prayers with regard to that another tremendous uh, opportunity we've been given we're now allowed to walk around and talk to soldiers and also the holdover platoon have started sending guys over to me for reviews again where i simply have discussions with them you know to see how they're finding their time in line you know interesting enough a number of the guys that i've spoken to have expressed how concerned they've been you know with everything how they think that one particular guy said to me he doesn't think science presents the answer to the problems we're going through you can imagine the type of conversations that that opened up um, you know so keep praying for us uh, you know with with all the soldiers coming back actually already just this week past there was one individual that i had to spend almost a, 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 about 17 hours with working through severe family difficulties that they've gone through and we are always able to relate these struggles and concerns that they have back to the gospel you know so keep praying for us and and thank you for your support um yeah, uh, I hope, hope, hope to give you another update in, in a couple of weeks' time. So there's Chan being very grateful for uh, uh, the use of, again, the chapel and being able to get among some guys. He too has had to rely on WhatsApp and, and uh, other means over the previous three months. And, and he did find it very frustrating um, that he you know, spent forever just trying to link up with people to get them so they could then spend time with them. Um, but he's, as I say, he's, he's getting the numbers back now and he's, he's very grateful. Um, on a personal note, they are delighted that they're able now to go out. He's, he's got, they've got six kids, Tian and Sana, um, and uh, you can imagine that as, as a lockdown. They home educate their kids, so that wasn't a problem as such. The problem was the fact that they never met anybody else. And so for three months, you know, totally isolated. So now um, he's they're taking a week's leave and they're going out camping. Um, and so they're looking forward to that, getting out of, of where they've been for uh, however long it's been. Lee McDade, um, who was previously up in Catrick and has now recently moved down to Suffolk. Here he is. Hello, it's ASR Lee McDade, uh, no longer at Catrick, but now residing in Colchester and today um, beginning work in Wattisham Flying Station, which is the home of the Apache helicopter. Um, so I really appreciate your prayer. Thank you for your prayer and support over the last 13 weeks uh, through lockdown with the Infantry Training Centre. Um, and thank you for everything you've been able to uh, pray for me about there. Really 
really appreciate your prayer for the next stage in my journey, uh, which is working with over 1,600 souls um, at Watersham Flying Station, um, with the guys that fly the helicopters, that maintain them, that fuel them, uh, anything to do with the Apache helicopter um, they're involved with. And um, I was told by one of the commanding officers that um, I'm well needed uh, to assist the chaplain there. Uh, so please pray for me and the chaplain, our relationship together. Um, I already know Carlos really well, so that's brilliant. Uh, and pray for us as we um, go on to minister to all those uh, who serve uh, with the Army Air Corps and REMI and Royal Logistic Corps in maintaining these amazing pieces of kit, these amazing uh, Apache helicopters. Already had good conversations already today uh, with the commanding officers, uh, letting them know about the work of SASRA and who we are and what we do. And uh, it was really well received. So thank you for your continued prayer and your continued support. And uh, I'm sure I'll be able to give you a much better update uh, next month. Thank you very much. Lee did seven years or so up in uh, Infantry Training Centre and it was a hard graft. It was non-stop. Um, uh, he did a great job, but he was finding very tired. And as you heard from his accent, he's a southerner uh, and his wife uh, is too. And so they were desperate to get back down south for some reason. Don't quite understand it myself, but there we go. Um, and uh, so they're delighted to be in, in Colchester. Um, and as he said, he travels over to Watersham from Colchester. And he says, here's a real blessing for me. He says, I get in the car, it's 40 minutes to Watersham. He says, I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to a sermon. Uh, and I, you know, I can pray as I'm driving. He says, and I land at the gates, you know, and I'm in the zone. If you're aware, it's a Catrick, he, he lived there and he was, you know, fell out of his bed into the barracks almost. And it was just non-stop. Second thing is, uh, he said it was a bit of a culture shock. Um, uh, he's, he's, uh, his background, he's a bit of a wide boy as Ali, you know. Uh, and the infantry was already fit for him. But now he's gone to Watersham where they're all, um, well, they're Apache uh, uh, flyers or technicians. Uh, and all the rest of it, and, and all the support staff, they're all, you know, got really high power jobs. And so when he had his interview with the, with the commanders there, they welcomed him and said, right, you're going to have a bit of a difference. He says, because on a Monday morning, whereas with the infantry, you might find six or so folk uh, before the commanding officer uh, facing charges of drunken disorderly and fighting and that sort of stuff. He says, we might get one a month. And it'll be for intellectual property theft. And so we had to go look at what, what that was, then find out that's a type of uh, personnel he's having to deal with. But as, as he said, the, he's been welcomed, he's enjoying it. Uh, and, and he said, different way uh, to share the same message. It doesn't matter who you are and what your background, we're all sinners and we all need the Lord Jesus Christ. He, uh, he links up with Steve because uh, they're both Colchester based uh, and so they're able to have fellowship um, in the week and, and that's uh, a real blessing to him um, as they settle down there. And then uh, Gavin Dixon, who's up in Edinburgh. Hello, my name is Gavin Dixon. I'm an only scripture leader for Edinburgh and Lookers. It's a great privilege to share with you something of the vital work, the vital gospel work of Sajra. The other day I was able to post my uh, testimony onto social media, onto several Facebook pages, including 
uh, wives and community pages. Through that, I was uh, contacted by several wives and soldiers uh, to say how much they were encouraged by that video. One, an army uh, commanding officer's wife got in touch to say how thankful she was that I was putting my testimony online that uh, soldiers and army wives and husbands might, uh, might see it and hear something of the good news of Jesus. Through that video, I was contacted by an army wife here in Edinburgh who asked if she could have a Bible. Uh, very interestingly, she asked how much it would be and of course, come by and eat without money, uh, says Isaiah. So I got into my office and uh, got a Bible just like this and uh, I gave her a daily bread, military daily bread from RC, RBC Ministries and delivered them to her door. I hope she reads them, I hope she connects with the living God, I hope she becomes a Christian and I hope that for her family, her husband and many of his friends as well. So even during the lockdown, the gospel and testimonies are still going out and I'm still in a limited fashion able to give, put a Bible in to soldiers and their families' hands. Will you join me in praying that they might read and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Thank you. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, I, I was particularly struck with that one. Uh, these men um, and, and our lady scriptures, they, they go into these barrack rooms, they'll face uh, these men and women, the questions and, and all that sort of stuff they do. But in front of the camera, it scares the life out of them, doesn't it? You know, but that's by the by. Just so willing to go in and do this work, and it's just tremendous. And Gavin, too, has just had a bit of a setback. His sister contacted him to say that the father of his sister's kids died. Uh, they, was, they were separated, and it's really hit the kids really, really hard. They're in their teenage years. And so Gavin went hot-footing across to support his sister. Uh, and his kid uh, and his uh, nephew and niece at this time. So even though they're involved in this work, there's always something going on, always something that is trying to affect them. One more, um, this is Dave Hosack, who's taken over at ITC Catrick. Haven't got a video of him just yet, but just a report from him to say that he's been welcomed, he's been given free access wherever he wants to go. He's been already, he's, he's, he's welcomed the new recruits in, and he's also been out on an exercise uh, area with them to uh, get amongst them. And then on Friday, he was invited to take part in the welfare officers course, or unit welfare officers course. These are senior uh, serving uh, soldiers who have just recently been granted uh, a commission and they go to their regiments to look after the welfare cases in the regiment. Um, and so they are introduced to the role of Sazra as well as the role of uh, everything else. And so it's a great opportunity to show them that there is Sazra about, and this is what it's about. So Sazra continues to do its work, even through this uh, strange day of COVID. And I trust that as you've seen these, you've been encouraged once again, how God is continuing to keep the door open 
and continuing to make known his word that they might indeed hear for themselves that Jesus is given to be saviour of the world. We continue to work because the Lord has called us. We continue to work because the Lord enables. And we continue to work because you support us with your prayers and for your gifts. And we're so grateful to that. And just to conclude by um, finishing off with uh, this reminder that, Sazra, it is the church's gift to our soldiers and our airmen. Uh, and thank you for this opportunity uh, to be with you.